Hello, and welcome back to History of Estonia podcast, episode two. On the previous episode, we introduced Estonia, its landscape, and the very introductory level of its people during the Neolithic period. Today, we're going to start looking at the Bronze Age and see where we progress on the timeline. The first metal tools reached Estonia three and a half thousand years ago. While a large portion of the rest of the world was seeing rapid development in this period of time, Estonia was not. Copper and tin are necessary components in making bronze, and these items are not found in Estonia. The the cost of bronze goods were too high for these items to be purchased in Estonia in great numbers. Only the most necessary tools, such as axes, were obtained. Most tools in this period were still made of rock, horn, or bones. In the middle of the Bronze Age, fortified settlements began to be seen around coastal regions to protect against raids. Limestone fences and log defensive walls have been discovered in several sites in Estonia. The culture of this time is known as the Asva culture, A-S-V-A. It was named after the most well-known of the settlements of the time on the island of Sodoma. It is theorized that the towns were fortified to protect the valuable property secured within the walls. These valuable items were thought to include some bronze items, but mostly cattle. In the second half of the Bronze Age, cattle breeding became the primary source of subsistence. In this period, 80% of all bones found in settlements were from domesticated animals. During this period, hoes were used to till the land, and because of this, large-scale agriculture was not likely. Those living in the fortified settlements also supplemented their diets by hunting and fishing. In Sarama, seals were hunted, especially in the spring when the winter stores were depleted. 90% of all bones found in Sarama were seal, and they were indeed very valuable to the locals. As their meat provided food, their fat was used to burn and provide light, and their pelts were waterproof. During the second half of the Bronze Age, it appears that the amount of trade increased significantly as bronze becomes more available. The inhabitants were able to re- repurpose and recast bronze items. Complicated axe heads and spears were made of bronze as well as jewelry. Pottery from the Asfa culture were found in central Sweden, Gotland, and southeastern Finland. This shows close ties to Estonia's neighbors which would likely involve trade and migration. Of course, iron tools were stronger, sharper, and more durable than those made of bronze. And in the 5th century BC, iron tools are being utilized. In a burial site in Yabara in Idaviru County, the oldest iron objects were found. These items included a sword, a large knife, and an awl. The influx of iron was not great, and it doesn't appear that these items changed the life of an average Estonian in the 5th century BC. These iron iron objects 
do not show up much in the time period. Because of this, this period in Estonian history is generally not divided up between the Bronze and the Early Iron Age. They are lumped together in what is called the Early Metal Age. The Early Metal Age. With the increased contact with the outside civilizations, the burial practices again changed. Instead of burying the dead below the ground, the dead were laid on top of the ground and stone mounds were erected in circles. With, with normally the male head of the house in the center and other family members in the exterior rings. These are called the stone cyst graves. One such site is located in Joeletma, next to, to, next to the Tallinn-Narva Highway, where 36 graves can be found. Similar graves of this period are also found in Gotland, with some graves being boat-shaped. Among the cyst graves, small sacrificial stones have been found. Over 1,750 of these strange little boulders have been found. These boulders are 5 to 10 centimeters in diameter and are dimpled much like a huge heavy golf ball. The meaning of these stones is not known, but it is presumed they have something to do with the cult of the stones, which is connected to the cult of the ancestors in Scandinavia. Iron smelting began in Estonia about 2,000 years ago. This brought a benefit to the local economy when Estonians learned how to smelt iron themselves. Bog iron ore is found in many places in Estonia, so they could actually mine the ore and smelt it locally. Because of this technological advancement, progress was made in tillage because there was now a material sturdy and durable enough to do this work. Now the Estonians would use their iron axe to more efficiently fell trees, dry the wood, burn the wood, and use it as fertilizer. Slash and burn methods were used in southern Estonia for many centuries. In areas where the topsoil was thin, the rotating agriculture be began to develop in which the fields were allowed to turn fallow in some years. During these years, this land was used as pastures, and using it this way allowed the animal dung to fertilize the fields so they could later be plowed again. This type of agriculture was most used in northern and western Estonia, as well as the island of Sodoma, as the soil was thin but full of nutrients. One such field discovered in Sahalo, one kilometer west of Lake Mardu, and very close to Tallinn, one can go to Google Earth and zoom in on this area. It is still a field to this day, lying between the Soviet housing district of Lasnamai and Lake Mardu. Several contemporary villages in northern and western Estonia may owe their origins to, su to such fields. Thus possibly dating some of the villages at nearly 2,000 years old. During what is considered the Roman Iron Age, Estonians were doing well. The population density grew considerably, partly owing to the new agricultural techniques previously mentioned, and Estonians had new trade, trading partners. While Estonia was far fr from the Roman Empire, Rome's immense, immense size 
and organization created new opportunities for Estonians. Baltic amber was a prized commodity in Rome. It was said that one could buy a man for less money than the smallest piece of amber. Burial customs also changed in the Roman Iron Age. Cyst graves were still used, but instead of a series of rings, the walls were rectangular, and now the bodies were cremated and placed inside the walled enclosures. It is estimated that, that between 10 and 20 graves were kept in each enclosure. I am obligated to mention the first time Estonians are mentioned in writing, in written text. This occurred in 98 AD by Tacitus. They were referred to as Esti, A-E-S-T-I-I. It is during this period, however, that we begin to see the distinctive cultural areas, West Estonia, North and Central Estonia, and Southern Estonia. These three groups had somewhat different dialects of the Estonian language, which can somewhat still be recognized today. They also had, and still have, different folk costumes and folklore. In this period, Northern Latvia was popula populated by Southern Estonians and their related culture. In the Middle Iron Age, protecting the family and land must have been a daunting task. About 120 ancient fortresses were used in the second half of the first millennium to the early centuries of the second millennium. I don't think I need to remind the listeners that Estonia is not a very big country. So 120 defensible position, position works out to be every one every 370 square kilometers. So skirmishes and raids from neighbors were common and they came unexpected, and people, were, uh, and people would need to get back to the fort quickly. There were four different types of fortresses in this era. These were the hill fortress, which consists of using the steep slope of, and earthworks of log and sand in, in, in the south, or, or the logs and limestone in the north. The cape fortress, which were built on the edge of a hill or ridge, and offered three steep slopes that were natural defensible positions with one side on level ground in which an artificial bank was constructed. The Kalavipoig bed fortress were built on drumlins. Left over from the retreating glaciers, each drumlin is a small hill ten tending towards an egg shape with its steepest slope and summit at the up ice end. Drumlins rarely occur singly, however, are found in groups of, or swarms, as they're called, with the tapered end of each hill pointing in the direction of glacier flow. The other style of fortress was the ring fortress, characterized by the building of an artificial mound on all sides of the fortress. The round fortresses were most commonly built in Sarma in West Estonia. And four of the previously mentioned forts were typically of the 8th to 11th century. During this period, there was a fortress in southern Estonia, in Voru County specifically, that is called the, the Rogue Fort, 
Fortress, spelled R-O-U-G-E. Excavations show this particular fortress was burnt down on three separate occasions. One new thing we see in this period of Estonia, the second half of the first millennium, weapons being included in burial practices. It was assumed that there would now be a need for war in the afterlife. In the 6th and 7th centuries, the East Slavonic people start to move north. The northern part of Latvia before this period was home to Baltic Finns, but apparently there was a merger over time between the East Slavs and the Finnic people in northern Latvia, and this left only the Livonians in in western Latvia as the sole Finnic tribe remaining in Latvia, except for small communities. It does appear that Estonian fort systems did what it was intended to do, as the trend of the Slavonic people moving northward was stopped, and the modern-day country of Estonia has stayed more or less stable since then. Related to tribes that lived to the east did not fare so well during this period. The Vatics, the Vespians, Karelians, and other Finno-Ergic tribes didn't fare as well as Slavic tribes settled into places like Piskov, Novgorod, Old Ladoga. Eventually, the aforementioned tribes were eventually assimilated into the Slavic groups. The troubles from the south weren't enough. In the Middle Iron Age, there was always the risk of being attacked by the sea. It is well documented that the Norsemen from Scandinavia were traveling into Europe. Of course, Estonians at the same time were coming into frequent contact with the Norse. Many objects of Scandinavian origin were found in Estonian cyst graves, showing that not all contact with the Scandinavians involved war. However, if we depend on the Scandinavian sagas, contradict this evidence. Around the year 600, a Norse raiding group led by Ingvar, the king of the Swedes, were confronted by local Estonians and a large battle ensued in which the king Ingvar was killed. Ingvar was reportedly buried on the Estonian coast. Ingvar's son, however, led a successful raid into Estonia the following summer, seeking revenge for his father's death. In 2008, workers digging in a small town on the island of Sodernaw happened upon some old bones and a little boat. In all, two boats were found. The first was found was a smaller boat containing seven people haphazardly placed. The second boat found two years later was much larger and held 33 men, stacked in neat fashion like firewood. The boats contained swords, knives, a whetstone, and a bone comb. The find was dated at about 700 to 750 AD. It was apparent that the men were killed in battle. One would think that it was a raiding party that went poorly, and the local locals of Sarama confronted the group and killed many. The locals of Sarama were known as fierce warriors and pirates in their own right. The larger of the two craft 
is the oldest example found of a small of a sail before the Viking Age. This fact has made many rethink the time frame of when the Viking Age actually started. Some have speculated that in this mass grave was King Ingvar, that was reportedly killed in the Scandinavian Chronicles. We likely may uh, never know for sure, but to me, it is fun uh, to think of its possibility. This find is truly unique and worth going into more detail, and I hope to at a later time. In the Viking Age, 800 to 1050 AD, contacts with Scandinavians became closer. Estonia laid on the Viking trading routes to Byzantium and the Orient. The Viking sagas provide a rich resource for information related to war with the Estonians during this time. But it is not clear what information was factual as opposed to boasting. During this period, the sagas report of raids along the eastern coast of Estonia, but no archaeological evidence has been discovered to back this up. The Vikings were unable to achieve any lasting success in Estonia, however. The Viking sagas do point to some serious defeats at the hands of the Estonians. In a saga, Halfdan the White, the son of Norwegian king, was supposedly killed in Estonia, and the Norwegian queen Astrid and her son Olaf were captured and enslaved by Usilian, which are another name for Sarama pirates. They were kept as slave for six, slaves for six years before being found by Queen Astrid's brother, Sigurd Eriksson, who was there collecting taxes on behalf of Prince Vladimir of Novgorod. Olaf would later become the King of Norway. This took place on the second half of the 11th century. And to further drive home the point that Estonians were considered fierce adversaries, in Scandinavia, several runic stones have been dedicated to the memory of Vikings that died in battle in Estonia. And for today, on episode two, we will leave it there. On the third episode, we'll start that off with introducing the neighbors of Estonia with the Kievan Rus. So it should be a pretty exciting episode. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you've enjoyed this last one. Thank you. And Nagamist.